SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening, the Friday edition, and it's a jam-packed show for you tonight. We'll be chatting rugby ahead of that test match between the Springboks and Ireland tomorrow night. Uh, it's Formula One weekend two. Natalie Leclerc joins us, and we'll be previewing tonight's big football from Polokwane. Bafana Bafana up against Senegal. It should be an absolute cracker. Before we get into that, though, big news today. Another South African coach has received an international award of recognition. Neville Godwin has been named ATP World Tours Tennis Coach of the Year. Godwin split with Kevin Anderson earlier this week, but has coached him in one of his most successful years yet. Here's the official citation from the ATP Tour. Stop the beverage industry from watering down the sugary drinks issue. Sugary drinks lead to obesity and 76% of South Africans agree that government should pass policies that discourage drinking them. A health promotion levy on these drinks has the power to improve the health of millions of South Africans. It's time for Parliament to do the right thing on behalf of our nation. Show your support by visiting healer.org or using hashtag healer or hashtag choose health. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, big goal today at Sun City as well, day two of the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, hosted by Gary Player, and uh, it's been a fascinating day to say the least. We join now by Mark Tompkins. Mark, a uh, bit of a late finish, uh, a couple of players still out on course after some bad weather, but it is Frenchman Victor Dubisson who has uh, opened some daylight between himself and the chasing pack. That's right, a two-hour, ten-minute delay. The players went back out again about half an hour or so ago just to get completed. We are going to finish the second round today, which is good news. Dubisson currently on the 18th. He's three under par today for his round through the opening 17 holes, seven under par in total. And as you say, he's opened up a three-shot lead now over his nearest challenger, South Africa's Darren Fickard, Lee Westwood uh, from England, and Scott Jamieson, who's in the same group as Dubuisson. So we're just awaiting their scores on 18 to get a view of the final leaderboard today. Ross Fisher, a good round for him, a one under par round of 71. And Tyrrell Hatton, a recent two-time winner on the European Tour, shot a round of 70. Not too many players in red figures today with some quite severe wind conditions earlier on making things a little bit difficult. In fact, we've got just uh, eight, 16 players under par sorry, for the tournament so far. That gives you an idea of how tough things have been here today. But Victor Dubuisson has been excellent off the tees. Driver's been in good form this week. And hence, at the moment, he has a three-shot lead and we're just awaiting his score on 18. And uh, South Africans obviously desperate for a South African winner. Darren Fickard must be pinching himself. Uh, tied for second heading into the weekend. And uh, yesterday morning, he wasn't playing. That's right. He was originally second reserve for this tournament. But Lee Slattery was called in after Matt Southgate injured his wrist. So Fickard was promoted to first reserve. And he was actually 12 kilometres away when he had the phone call yesterday. Uh, and he was literally told, you tee off in 20 minutes' time. So he had to race to the golf course just literally threw his car keys at someone, ran straight to the golf course, got on the first tee, uh, and went out and shot, uh, shot a good round yesterday, and he's followed that up with a, a round of 69 today, the lowest round or joint lowest round of the day so far. He's at four under par and looking to take uh, some ranking points and some, some nice money in these Rolex Series events as well from the end of season, of course. So Fickart in that group of four players, but you're right, making the most of his opportunity. He was bitterly disappointed not to be in the field from the start, so getting his opportunity and proving he was a, a worthy reserve. Absolutely. Well, Mark, thank you very much for that. We'll be chatting to uh, Mark Thompson throughout the weekend uh, here on SAFM, on SAFM Sports Special with John Carricker. Uh, as uh, the weekend and tournament progresses, it should be another great, great weekend of golf uh, coming to us from the Gary Player Country Club. Coming up next, we'll chat some football.
SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some football now here on SAFM and a big, big night in store for South African football fans. Lots of nervous energy around, if I have to be honest, and, and I've got butterflies too. Uh, not too long to go to kickoff now. Muhammad Ali joins us. Mo, arguably biggest night uh, in South African football for a long, long time. Huge, <laughs> as you say, I think uh, just about everybody who follows football in this country has got butterflies uh, in their stomachs. And uh, I was just speaking to someone in England who's completely neutral, and they can feel the tension outside the country as well. Uh, you know, there's been a bit of a build-up during the week with the Tumaling Kune's injury, whether he's going to be available or not. Uh, and remember, this, this this game is actually, uh, uh, you know, a replay of last, uh, virtually almost a year ago to the day, uh, you know, that, that game that was annulled because of the uh, referee, Joseph Lampi, having uh, manipulated the game according to FIFA. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a massive game for, particularly for South Africa. It's, it's a must-win game. It's the equivalent of a cup semi-final, really, for Bafana Bafana. Um, and for Senegal, they can afford to draw. They can even afford to lose. And then, uh, you know, they still got another chance. But for Bafana Bafana, it's last chance to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you talk about the the issue with Itumalin Kune and whether he's going to play or not. Or, or He's obviously starting tonight. But there have been lots of upheavals in the Bafana camp this week. Lots of distractions. It hasn't been an ideal build-up. No, far from it. Far from it. I mean, you know, we've got uh, Tulani Saswayo out. Uh, he, he, he's been appointed captain by Stuart Baxter. He's out. And then we had the incident with Shlompo Kekana uh, with that uh, tragic accident involving his mother-in-law. Uh, you know, and of course, Andile Jali and Bongani Zungu not available for tonight's game because of suspension. So, yeah. But, you know, th- that kind of adversity can bring the team closer together. It can you know, bring uh, particularly the players who will be getting an opportunity. Debohang Monyama has come into the side uh, this evening and Dean Furman, of course, uh, missed the last game because of suspension. So, you know, there, there will be players with a lot to prove. And it's good to see as well, you know, we've got a central defensive pairing of uh, Morgan Gould and uh, Clayton Daniels who've played together for a, a while now at Supersports United. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of understanding in, in the defense is, is going to be vital. Um, but as, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the build-up certainly has been far from ideal during the course of the week. But uh, hopefully that, that kind of adversity will bring the side closer together because they know what's at stake. And, and I mean, for, for, for any player in, in the world, irrespective of who you are, whether you're Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi, you want to play at the World Cup. And, and I mean, the same applies for, for the South African side. And, uh, you know, they they just 180 minutes away from qualifying for the World Cup. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. As far as selection goes tonight, your thoughts on, on the team? Interesting that uh, Lebohang Manyama has uh, been brought in. Uh, you know, he hasn't been playing regularly for his club, Konyaspor, uh, in, in Turkey. Uh, you may have thought that uh, Keegan Dolly may have had, but even Keegan Dolly hasn't been playing regularly in France either. So uh, maybe Dino and Lovo or Bradley Krobler, you, you'd have fancied playing up uh, with Percy Tau up front. But, uh, you know... It's, it's going to be a tough game, particularly with uh, a, a, a very, very strong uh, Senegal side, who I must say they've underperformed. You know, given the quality they've had in, in, in of their club in their team and they've had over the years, they, they should really have been one of Africa's top nations. And the fact that they've lost qualified for the World Cup in 2002 speaks volumes of how much they have underperformed. And of course, uh, you know, they, they've got the likes of uh, Sadio Mani, who I understand uh, Liverpool has sent out the physio to be with him as well in the Senegal camp. 
they've got Idrissa Gay, who's a star at Everton, uh, Diapra Sacco with, with West Ham United, uh, Balde Keita with, with, with Monaco. So they, they really have a good, good side. But uh, they, they could well miss Karamboji, who's not available this evening because of suspension. And I think, you know, the way, and, and I'm sure Stuart Baxter would have analyzed this, because in terms of physical size, uh, they, they just by far outmuscled uh, the South African team. But with a pace and, and short passing movement, that's probably the way you're going to get around the Senegalese. And perhaps in, in goal, they may have uh, a bit of a vulnerability as well. Uh, and, and on the other side, Bafana Bafana may have a bit of a vulnerability in, at set pieces against the, the biggest Senegalese. But, you know, having watched them, Brad, uh, they, they really struggled a bit against uh, um, Cape Verde in their last game, and they only scored late in the game, and Cape Verde more than held their own. And, of course, uh, they were held to two successive draws by Burkina Faso, whom Bafana Bafana beat reasonably easy, easily in their last game. How do we approach this thing, Mo? Do we just simply go out there, throw the kitchen sink at them, because we know nothing less than three points is good enough? No, I, I think, uh, you know, Stuart Baxter will probably use a calculated strategy. And as you mentioned, you know, that, that those, um, the, the distribution and, and the releases from Itumul and Kun are absolutely vital. You know, people talk about his uh, shot-stopping ability and, and his, his ability to organize the defense. He's a very vocal player. But uh, let's not underestimate his, his distribution. And we saw that against Burkina Faso. He was actually responsible for two of the three goals that Bafana Bafana scored. And I think that's going to be vital, you know, with the, with the, with the pace and, and the, the guile of the likes of uh, Lebohang Manyama and uh, Percy Tau up front. So I think Phil Baxter will, will, will take a measured approach. And, uh, you know, the... You've got to realize it, and I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, fans of teams who've played against Liverpool will recognize the threat, the massive threat that Sadio Mane poses on the break. So you've got to, you've got to cover that option as well because he's very, very quick. And, uh, you know, they don't want to get caught on the counter with, with, with that man's pace. Um, so I think, you know, we, we can expect a measured approach, and particularly with the likes of, of Morgan Gould and, and Clayton Daniels into their 30s already. They're not the paciest of players. Um, so I think, you know, Stuart Baxter will probably try and, and get an early goal and with a crowd behind him, I understand full house. So that's, that's going to be a huge bonus for Bafana Bafana. Uh, it's not often that the national, uh, sadly so, that the national team plays in front of a full house. Um, so let's just hope, you know, they can capitalize on that 12th man tonight and, and get an early goal, settle the nerves and they go on to win the game. Yeah, and I think a uh, full house says uh, a lot about uh, the psyche of South African football fans at the moment. We realise how much is at stake tonight. Uh, are you a, are you a brave man? Uh, are you brave enough to to call it tonight, Mike? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to go with my heart more than my head, and I'm going to say Bafana Bafana <laughs> win by a goal to nil and set up a cup final on uh, Tuesday night in Dhaka. And what a night that's going to be! And I'm sure it pains you, uh, especially being a Liverpool fan, to to say that with uh, the likes of Sadio Mane in their team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's, let's just hope there's, there's no um, Manchester United or Arsenal or, or, or Chelsea fans in the Bafana team and try and injure Sadio Mane tonight. <laughs> well, Mo, thank you very much for that. Uh, we'll have live crossings here on SFM. Kickoff 7.30 South African time, correct? Uh, 7 o'clock South African Is time, right? 7. Oh, so not too yep. long to go now. Why did I think it was 7.30? 7 o'clock. Uh, we look forward to those updates here on South Africa's news and information. Leader Mo, thank you very much. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much, and uh, let's hope we can uh, smile tomorrow morning and look forward to a cup final on Tuesday, Dhaka. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information. Need a big rugby to look forward to tomorrow, and lots of it as well, I might add. Uh, it is the European uh, tour season. Uh, everyone seems to be playing this weekend, but uh, the one we're going to be chatting about tonight, uh, all South African eyes will be on Dublin tomorrow evening, the Aviva Stadium, when the box take on Ireland. Uh, it's 
going to be a passionate affair. It always is uh, when we play the Irish in Dublin. Craig Ray joins us now. Craig, uh, this is one of the, the great test matches and, and great sort of rugby battles. Uh, it's right up there with, I think, uh, the box Australia, box New Zealand. So the Irish always lift their game when they play against us. Yeah, the Irish have certainly improved, haven't they? They've become one of the best teams in the world. They beat the All Blacks a year ago, so they, you know, by that measure alone, they're one of the best teams in the world. And, of course, they certainly, with England, are the best team in Europe. And they've had a good record against the Springboks in, in recent years, that, uh, that's for sure. And, yeah, South Africa got their work cut out for them tomorrow. You know, they haven't won uh, in the Northern Hemisphere uh, under Alistair Couture, and they, you know, they won at the Rugby World Cup in 2015, but there they played a lot of uh, teams that weren't even Northern Hemisphere teams. I think the only one they beat, uh, well, they beat Wales in the quarterfinal, didn't they? That was the, the last time they beat a Northern Hemisphere team in, in the Northern Hemisphere. So it'll be a tough old ask for the Springboks tomorrow. You're not making me feel better about this one, but it is a four-match tour, and tomorrow's vital. If this tour is going to be successful, we've got to get off to a winning start. Yeah, quite right. You know, on paper, it's, it's a tough tour, but you think, well, they beat France in June, and Wales will be... A bit depleted by the inside of the Springboks, and Italy can't possibly beat South Africa again, you would think. So, all in all, I think the whole tone of the tour is going to be set on this one, isn't it? Because if the Springboks lose this, then the pressure suddenly mounts. Then you go to France to play uh, Le Bleu in Paris, and you know, whether or not they beat the All Blacks tomorrow is another story, but they will. I almost got a feeling France have probably said, well, we can't really beat the All Blacks. Let's target the Springboks in game two as our big sort of game of their autumn international. So, they're going to walk into a difficult France. And then, you know, if they don't have success there, then you go to Italy with all those, those sort of memories from 12 months ago and the horror of that defeat in Florence sort of hanging in the background. And, you know, and then Wales at the end who've beaten South Africa the last two times they've played in Cardiff. So it's really not an easy tour. And it could become an easier tour depending on what happens uh, in Dublin tomorrow. Absolutely. Let's talk selections uh, from a Bok perspective. Uh, a few few changes, particularly in the front row, starting with the Beast. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he had a great season, didn't he, up until he sort of missed out the Cape Town Test for what are still unspecified personal reasons that we don't know about, or maybe some people do. Um, and, yeah, I suppose when you think how well Stephen Kutzel played in that match, you've got to say Kutzel's very unlucky to be out of the team. But then again, Tendai Motawarido was the incumbent, and he was out of the game, not for injury, but for other reasons. So he gets back in. And Kuni Ursosen, I think, was a bit of a surprise. I thought they might have gone as Wilco Lowe and introduced Kuni off the bench. Um, but, you know, again, he was the incumbent before a broken arm uh, sidelined him during the rugby championship. And so he comes back in. And I suppose what that does do is give the Springboks a lot of power on the bench when it comes to Kipsoff and Lowe coming off the bench, as well as Franco Mostad, who couldn't win his place back with Lurk de Yaga in the pack. And Lurk de Yaga had a very good test against the All Blacks as well in Newlands. So um, I like the look of the Springbok pack, but I'm not so sure about the back line. Let's talk about that back line. Uh, there's uh, Ross Cronier, Elton Yankees, a bit of continuity there, but the rest of it, some big changes. Yeah, I mean, look, I suppose you have to change inside centre because Jan Serpentin is not available for this tour. So Damien Delender, who's been on the bench for the last several games, is the, the logical choice there. But... I, yeah, I must say, Alton Jones is not available for the Wales test uh, at the end of the term because that falls outside of the test window. So, yeah, it might have been a good chance to start with Andre Pollard. You know, Alton was in Japan as well, right up until they left for this tour. And Andre Pollard spent the last two, three weeks training with the Springboks. Um, so there was a case to be made that Pollard should start this test. But, you know, the other argument is continuity. But continuity from what, Jackie Brad? 
the Bucs haven't won a game since August. They're winless in their last four. Um, they've had two draws, I grant you, and two losses. But still, it doesn't really... You know, what are we continuing from? We're continuing with a losing team, really. So um, in some ways, that argument doesn't hold water. Opposition tomorrow, I mean, they're a wily bunch under under Joe Schmidt. He's, a, he's an incredible coach, and uh, I'm sure he's got some tricks up his sleeve. But there's uh, a certain CJ Stunder starting in the number eight jumper. He'll he'll have a point to prove against the box, particularly after that Lions tour uh, and and uh, him sort of missing out. He, he's up for it tomorrow, I'm sure. Look, Ireland are very strong in a lot of positions. I think, yeah, their back row, CJ Stunder, number eight, what a strong ball carrier, great defender. Sean O'Brien, probably the best open side flank in the Northern Hemisphere. Peter Omani, uh, the, you know, he captained the British and Irish Lions in that first test and then didn't feature again, but he's a kind of tireless engine. Um, you know, Connor Murray and Johnny Sexton, aren't they the best, they're certainly the best Northern Hemisphere halfback combination and maybe the best halfback combination in the world outside of Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith. So, you know, they've got a decent pack of forwards. They've got a brilliant halfback there. Um, a bit like the Springboks, though, their back line is a little uh, mix, and, uh, mix and match at the moment. Simon Zebo wasn't available because he's left Ireland to play overseas. So I don't really know too much about Andrew Conway and Jacob Stockdale on the wings, but, uh, yeah, Bundy Aki, the former super rugby player, comes in for his test debut at number 12, and he's a very strong, hard, typical sort of New Zealand inside centre, and if he gels with Robbie Henshaw, there could be a handful there. And the very experienced Rob Carney at fullback. And while well, Carney's been around, he toured yeah, with the British and Irish Lions in 2009. I mean, he goes way back. He's probably lost a yard of pace, but he's a great positional player, understands the Northern Hemisphere conditions, and he has a bazooka of a boot on him. So, you know, all around, you look at that island side, it's pretty well settled. Uh, I think the Springboks can edge it in the tight five, definitely. And if they can get on the front foot there, that's where they can cause some problems for Ireland. But... Uh, it's certainly going to come down to that block type five really putting Ireland under pressure because I think the, the battle of the breakdown, O'Brien and Stunder and, and Omani might just edge that one. Well, we've got Malcolm Marks as well. Let's not forget about Malcolm Marks. Craig Ray, kickoff tomorrow night. What time is the African time? 7.30. Odd kickoff time, but 7.30. And there are weather conditions, of course, we'll never know. It could be yeah, Dublin. It's sunny and then it's raining all within the space of 20 minutes of each other. So... I'm almost sure, well, it's going to be cold, we know that, and it'll probably be damp, uh, whether or not there's actually rain. It's had, they've had showers all week, so underfoot will probably be a bit damp as well. Should be a cracker, can't wait. Craig Ray, thank you very much for that. We look forward to it, and let's hope it's a positive start to the tour for the Springboks. What must government do to stop corruption and save money? Which projects must be prioritised in the budget? What must be done to ensure accountability and competence in the public service? Finance MEC Barbara Creasy is looking for your bright ideas as she works to improve public finances in Gauteng. Connect with the MEC at Barbara Creasy GP or simply join the conversation about public finances on Twitter and Facebook using the hashtag GPMTBPS. Make your voice heard. This message is brought to you by the Gauteng Provincial Government. Together, moving Gauteng City Region forward. Make your voice heard. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, on top of all the rugby and crickets and uh, football to look forward to this weekend, it is a Formula One weekend as well. And the action coming to us uh, from Brazil. We're joined now by our Formula One correspondent, Natalie Leclue. Natalie, welcome back onto SAFM this evening. Thanks for, for your time. Yeah, always a pleasure when it's a Formula One weekend. Just a sad thing that it's the penultimate race of the season. I can't believe that it's gone so quickly.
Yeah, absolutely. It has flown by, but uh, it's all coming to us from Brazil. P1 uh, has concluded. P2 underway at the moment. That should wrap up at about half past seven this evening. Uh, tell us, tell us what uh, what transpired in in free practice one. Well, the Mercedes led the way with Lewis Hamilton leading his teammate Valtteri Bottas and Kimi Raikkonen actually in third overall. But the interesting thing. Uh, for the, for the remainder of the weekend, Brad, is going to see what the weather does. Because at the moment, the, tra- the track temperature is hovering around 55 degrees centigrade. Um, and that's not something that the Mercedes normally likes, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, handling their tires and getting them and keeping them in the right operating temperature range. It's going to be interesting to see how they tackle that situation. And, of course, now that the championships have both been settled in terms of the drivers and the constructors, it's all, all gloves are off now. So no more team orders between teammates and no more orders coming from the pit wall. So we're going to have, we're going to thankfully see all these drivers going head to head and, you know, with nothing left to lose, it's going to be quite entertaining. And Brazil, of course, as we know as a Grand Prix, has been quite notorious for delivering very dramatic races in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the about the track and uh, and what we can expect uh, come the race on Sunday. It's a relatively short circuit, of course, at about about 4.3 kilometres. And earlier on in FP1, we already saw the track record broken. So I think by the time we get to qualify, we're probably going to look uh, at a lap in the region of 67 seconds, which is just staggering um, if you think about the, the fact that there are 15 turns. Uh, in that 4.3 kilometers that the Formula One car has to negotiate, and it's going to possibly do it in 67 seconds. It's quite amazing. It is a circuit that you have to compromise a little bit on in terms of car setup. It has that long run, of course, up the hill uh, to the start-finish straight, but the middle sector, of course, is very technical. It's also an anti-clockwise circuit. So that, of course, for the drivers with the added grip, that the 2017 cars bring uh, adds another physical element for them as well, of course, in a race that's 71 laps long. Uh, I also saw earlier today that Hugo Boss, uh, the sponsor, pulling out of, of F1 and uh, heading to Formula E. That's a, a big blow. They've been around the sport for a long, long time. Yeah, they've been, of course, uh, very much connected to the McLaren Formula 1 team for pretty much as long as I can remember. A lot of a lot of these sponsors, some manufacturers, of course, have stated their interest in Formula E, but I don't think the purists are yet convinced about the the allure of Formula E, uh, if we can call it like that. Look, uh, Formula One, they may have their problems and their issues, but it remains the blue ribbon event, doesn't it? It remains the pinnacle of motorsport. So good luck to Hugo Boss. They've done wonderful things for Formula One in the past. Good luck with their, their venture into, into Formula E, but I, I don't see that uh, as a step forward, in my opinion. I also saw earlier this week a, a youngster, 17-year-old, test and standby driver. Tell us, tell us more about this young kid. Yeah, George Russell. Is that who you're talking about? Uh, I don't think it was. I, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. Uh, Lando Norris? That's who I'm thinking of. Lando Norris, yeah, he's of course a Mercedes Academy yep. driver, very exciting British driver uh, coming through the ranks, along with George Russell, of course, we saw uh, in this morning uh, for Sergio Perez at the Force India, these very exciting uh, guys coming through the ranks, uh, of course, GP3 champion is George Russell, Lando Norris, been on the books for Mercedes uh, quite, quite a couple of years right now, and of course has been signed up uh, as McLaren's third driver, so should anything happen, Fernando Alonso and Stoffel Van Dorn during the, the the next season. He'll be he'll be stepping up. Very young guy, but extremely talented. 
and with a lot of potential. Yeah, you say very young. He's 17 years old. So he could have his learner's license if you're South African. <laughs> yeah, he can't even drive a car on the road. But you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, he could do some special things with a racing car. Gee, I, can, I just think back to what I was doing when I was 17. It wasn't thinking about racing Formula One cars. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I certainly shouldn't have been behind <laughs> any sort of field. <laughs> exactly. Natalie, t- tell me a little bit about timing-wise with the time zones. What are we looking at uh, for P3 tomorrow and qualifying and then main race on, on Sunday? What what are we looking at? P3, we're looking at 3 o'clock SA time tomorrow, and then quali will be uh, at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening, and then it lights out on Sunday afternoon, also at 6 o'clock. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. So we'll have updates throughout the weekend here on SAFM Sports Special with John Kerricker. Natalie Leclue, as always, great to, uh, to catch up. Enjoy the racing this weekend, and we'll speak to you soon. Always a pleasure. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, I can tell you the players in Polokwane are about to make their way onto the pitch. The coaches are in the dugouts. Uh, the tension is rising. You can see it on Stuart Baxter's face. I think we are in for an epic two hours of football kickoff in just a couple of minutes from now. Uh, we had a slight technical glitch at the start of the show, but uh, I did mention that Neville Godwin has been named the ATP World Tours Tennis Coach of the Year. He split with Kevin Anderson this week, but has coached Anderson to one of his most successful years yet. And this was his citation from the ATP Tour. I'm honoured to receive this award, especially since it's voted for by only my fellow coaches. There were so many amazing stories on the tour this year, and I'm privileged to have been a part of it. Two years done on the ATP Coaches Program, and more to come. Congrats to all the guys that qualified for London, and I hope you have a great time in our showcase event. Fantastic uh, for Neville Godwin to be recognised like that. Uh, you also heard from Craig Ray talking about the rugby. Well, earlier today, Alistair Kutsia, uh was saying it's going to be interesting to see how far we've come since this time last year. A diabolical end of year tour, and it's a time uh, and an opportunity to see how far the team has come. Yeah, I think continuity has been key for us this year. With this group, been together now for close to eight months, and uh, and I've seen the you know the results in in the way this team have grown together as a group. Very, very importantly, grown together in uh, what we, how we train and, uh, you know, the way we've played through championship. So this is another opportunity on the um, autumn tour. See how the players, you know, the same group of players go. Uh, we've learned lessons last year. And uh, it's important to see how this group will deal with it and the challenges this weekend. As you heard Craig Ray saying as well, the battle of the loose forwards is going to be vital tomorrow in Dublin. Craig reckons uh, the Irish may have the better of our loose trio, but uh, the coach, Alistair Goodseer, says we're in pretty good shape as far as the back three go. No, I think our back row has got everything that we, we need to have in our back row. We've got a line-out option in Peter Stafford to Tue, and he's a very, very explosive runner with the ball. He's a blindside flanker. Then we've got, um, you know, Sia Kulisi, who has been in outstanding form throughout the season. And, you know, both him and Franchalo. Franchalo actually, you know, 6-8, very similar open side and number 8 playing towards the ball. And not, like I say, on our ball, especially making sure that to secure ball at, uh, at the first breakdown. He's really good at that. And an added bonus uh, 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 of his skill set on the ground and, and pilfering and stealing ball. Um, so your out and out carrier is, is Siakulisi is, you know, and I, I think that's a, it's a bonus to have him also a guy that can play on the ground. So I'm happy with the combination and, uh, it's like, you know, after the, our, our test against New Zealand, you could feel that there's a great balance going. 
kickoff uh, 7.30 tomorrow night. We're looking forward to that one. Uh, just in some golf news, it looks like Victor Dubisson dropped a shot on the 18th at the Gary Player Country Club. He heads into the weekend with a two-stroke advantage over Darren Fichart and Lee Westwood, who are tied for second. Just scrolling down that leaderboard, Brandon Grace is currently tied for 10th. He is on one under, five strokes off the pace. And in other breaking news, uh, just in, Marseille defender Patrice Evra has been banned for seven months from UEFA club matches, that after he kicked a supporter before their Europa League match last week. Uh, strong ban that from UEFA, uh, but sending a very strong message as well. I can tell you the captains are exchanging pleasantries in a Polokwane kickoff about to get underway between Bafana Bafana and Senegal. Make sure you stay tuned to SAFM this evening as we keep you updated with Muhammad Ali. And that's it for this week. SAFM Sports Special tomorrow and Sunday afternoon with John Carricker between 3 and 7 tomorrow and 4 and 6 on Sunday. We'll keep you up to date with all your sporting action. We'll also have uh, sport on AM Live. Make sure you tune in then. The Friday edition is coming up next. Thanks to my team in Joburg, Loyolo and Phineas. Much appreciated this evening from myself, Brad Brown. Have yourself a great weekend. Let's hope it's a positive one for Bafana Bafana and the Springboks. Right now it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.